0: Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 159. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Lee's Comics. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by PopOptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift.
1: You remember them from your childhood. Cap the Friendly Ghost, Richie Ridge, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad sack and little Audrey. You read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions: The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The companion is also available from Fair Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook version. Order your copies today.
2: Long title Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Song One by One by Michael Aventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song gives lots of details about each song and our own personal opinions you can find this book on amazon barnes and nobles and anywhere where good books are being sold our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them and we will be discussing this more on zilch
1: christmas christmas time is here and alvin and the chipmunks are here again in 1958, a down and songwriter with an unlikely name of Ross Bagdasarian hunts the last of his family's savings on a multi-speed tape recorded and created The Witch Doctor and Alvin and the Chipmunks. This changed the fortunes for his family, his record label, and animated cartoon studio. Alvin! The story of Rock Bagdasarian, Liberty Records, format film, and the Alvin Show by Mark Arnold and Fun Disc Productions is available from Amazon and Bear Manor Media in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today.
0: You can now order my latest book, *The TTV Scrapbook*, from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Bear Manor Media. If you'd like signed copies of this or any of my books. Please email me at funideas.mark at gmail.com for further information on how to order directly from me via PayPal. I now have three super articles to write for Back Issue. Super Richie, Super Dagwood, and Super Fan. My Pac-Man book is the next to be coming out, and I'm still working on my Mad and Turtles books. Warren Kremer is due out eventually, as is my next Disney book. On today's show, we have a man who created a great website devoted to the many factual items regarding Mad Magazine. Here he is, Doug Guilford. Hi, this is Mark Arnold with another Fun Ideas Podcast, and today I have with me my special guest, Doug Guilford, who has done his own website about Mad Magazine for, let's see, 97, 97 07, 17, almost 25, 25 years.
2: So <laughs> no, 20, 25 years in <laughs> August.
0: Wow. <laughs> so the inevitable question i'm sure you've been on other podcast i don't know i think you were on flipping once or something like that yeah. Yep. yeah so it's like what inspired you to do this
2: <laughs> i was a different person 25 years ago uh let's see so i would have been uh, i was trying to figure that out i was about 32 um and had it had the collection it, internet was very new you know, we were just, I think, it was commercially available for two or three years at that point in 97?
0: That's about so, right. I, I had my first email address in 95, so I always go back. that. Yeah. And I just
2: was <laughs> finally getting a little computerized at my, my, my business when we can talk about that. I've been in the floor covering business is what I actually do to make money <laughs> for, for years. But um, just kind of getting into computers at that point. Uh, had this had a uh, a thought that maybe I could share my mad collection that way through the internet, and taught myself the basics of uh, building web pages. And mm. in those earliest days, it was very basic. It still looks very basic because it didn't change much after all mm. these years. But um, that was basically it. Just even even before all the uh, the social and the sharing and Facebook and all that stuff it just was to put a page out there and 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 share it and that, that was it. I just want to see if i it was more of a hobby to learn the internet and also continue the hobby of mad collecting and, and merge the two mm-hmm.
0: now originally, I think it even says it on the the site you 're just uh, planning just to put the covers of all the issues, not yes. even the specials or the paperbacks or anything else. Yep. Correct. Yeah. And then it kind of, you started adding content and going on from there. And, yeah. <laughs> um, what, what inspired you to do that? Was it just uh people's encouragement or your own interest or um, how that work? <laughs>
2: well, I, I think I have over the years just, um, uh, Wanted to continue adding to it in some way. And so you reach, you reach one goal and you keep on, <laughs> on doing new things. And, you know, the very earliest, uh, maybe within the first year or two, D.C. actually had a problem with me showing all the coverage. Hmm. Yes, and I, I got into, I, I got warned by them to, to cease and desist, basically. I got, I, got a, I got a letter from the D.C. legal department. I should say email. It was, it was a generic email with, you know, the, the boxes were x You do not show a comprehensive list of all the covers.
3: Hmm.
2: And I can share, share that with you at some point, but um, it was, it was interesting. I did have a lot of people supporting me, at, you know, with, with my, my goal to do all this without, without getting uh, my hands tied some way legally. Mm-hmm. And then once that passed, it, I'll go back. What what I would say the the reason for DC being so concerned about this is I think they're trying to figure out the internet too, because okay. content, you know, distributed that way was so threatening to, to so many things, to, to so many publishers out there. I, yeah. I'd have, I'd have to believe. Now they've just had to live with it like everybody else because it's, <laughs> a wild west out there for for content just distributed all over the place but 25 years ago i was a big threat and, oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna stop the sales of uh, the, these books that we, <laughs> we plan on buying client selling you know and people are gonna stop buying because of you you know and that's so yeah, that i i,
0: I guess I, i'm sorry to interrupt I, I guess i didn't see the site that far back i don't remember the legal difficulties or anything like that so but that's interesting
2: yeah yeah there i um Actually, let's see. I'm going to say four years ago when I visited Burbank. Three years ago, three years ago, I'll have to tell you this this story too. I actually walked into the office of the the guy at the time who wrote me the email yeah. and shook and shook his hands. And we've we've been we we it was he was just doing his job, you know, yeah. and it, it's uh he he never was really after me but he had to do his his job and then all these years later it was kind of interesting to get in touch with him
0: Mm -hmm. i think it has a lot to do with uh, the proverbial fair use laws and and print journalism traditionally i mean even in a newspaper i think in the old days you wouldn't be able to just print out all the mad covers you Mm -hmm. would have to have some article talking about it saying you know this is mad cover one and this is why it's significant and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah 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 you couldn't just put it on there with all the other covers and you know even that has kind of changed over the years because i think finally and it may have taken threats to you for that to happen unfortunately uh that they realize that neither one of us are wanting ownership of mad magazine i mean no. fun you know but you know in reality we're just praising and honoring something we actually like
2: yeah you know? that, that, that's what it came about for me in fact you know i became a a source of information for them and gosh they didn't have to pay anybody on the staff to do anything or, or hire someone <laughs> to do it i'm doing it for free right exactly so. <laughs> you know so I'm, they they need more crazy people out there like me to do things because we're, we're willing <laughs> I yeah, always have been, but it was so, it was never about making any money mm-hmm. off of them. So,
0: so when did uh, it kind of change? Not the legal ways, but just the site itself. Oh, to yeah. where it was just like a personal hobby, just see if I could do this. To where you started getting noticed from mad or individuals who are fans. Was that right uh, away or? Um,
2: late? it it was kind of a slow thing. I think it really exploded with with the advent of uh, Facebook. Um, but there were, I always had a, a fan base, and I found out years later that I, I had people with me from day one. You know, checking in to see what I was up to, <laughs> um, which was kind of surprising. But um, the, I, I it's it's hard it's hard to say exactly. I, I started kind of monitoring my traffic. Mm-hmm. which is something you do on your, on your website, you know, or you, or you can these days pretty easily.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that I was getting a lot of visits. So I, I know that that's out there,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but um, it's uh, you asked earlier about what, how I, why I went to, to, to putting the contents in and all, you know, back covers and all that kind of thing. I just, cause I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> just with just doing covers it needed to expand
0: right now when you add all that stuff did you get any pushback legally or else otherwise on that
2: um not so much there but hmm. when 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 facebook came about i started doing kind of a a, a co put up a an article or a, or you know refer to something like a lot like what i do now um, on on Facebook, but I, would, I was doing it on my site and also on Facebook at the same time. And I actually, Sam Viviano was put up to the task by somebody, I don't know, to call me and say, tone it down. So,
3: hmm. you know,
2: so, <laughs> um, you know it, here again, it, it I think that was probably about 10 years ago you know, and a lot, sh- a lot has changed even in that amount of time. Yeah. You know, what, what is it assumed that can go up there and you know, your, your content is everybody's content at a certain point. You know, it's, yeah. it's what it's really moving toward.
0: That's just interesting, you know, because um, as you know, I'm writing a mad book myself mm-hmm. and I will give you praise and you will get praise in the book and you will get a copy of the book when it's finally done mm-hmm. to your site because it was a, it's a valuable resource i mean i would have done it anyway i went through all the issues but to have it where you already pinpointed this is the first appearance of you know frank jacobs this is the first appearance of such and such and so i don't have to go all right oh uh don martin's not in here anymore when was that last issue it's like it's right there so that really helps um what i'm doing which i hope when the book comes out will be a help for you and you can Add the material to the website at that time is I'm finding a few uh, first appearances of things that you know may or may not have occurred to you. You know, within the context of something. I mean, if you find it yourself, you know, I, I want it to kind of be a secret. But you know, like uh, you know, I find out the first time that Dave Berg refers to himself as Roger Kaputnik. Mm-hmm. and you know that's an example you know and just little things like that where i literally went through every issue chronologically from one mm-hmm. and was like meticulously looking at things and using your website to kind of cross-reference and everything yeah. uh, didn't find any errors so that's a good thing oh great <laughs> and, you
2: know, i've always wanted people to, to tell me if they find something wrong yeah. Know, I think, yeah i think you have asked questions in the past and a lot of people have
0: i have yeah and, yeah and
2: i I value that, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, I just consider it at a certain point, it's, it's beyond me now, even. Right. You know, it's just a, it's like, it's like Wikipedia in a way, you know, you Right. Know, it, it could be, it could be generated by other people besides me. And, and some of the content has, that's the other thing that's really happened is like I brought on Tim Johnson and his, is. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not much of a collector. I mean, I, I've got, I've got pieces here and there, but as far as original art, I, I don't have much of that. And all the, the myriad stuff that you can collect, I, I defer to somebody as crazy as Tim Johnson and his, his auctions. Yeah. And, and I said, hey, you know, I'll help you uh, put that that catalog out electronically. If you'll let me, let me host it on the website. Yeah. You know, it'll make the site better and, you know, that, that was the that was the whole point of actually partnering up with somebody who knows that, that part of it all.
0: Right. Strangely enough, I guess I'm similar to you. I, I just like to uh, collect mad in the printed form. So I have the magazines, mm-hmm. I have the books. I have a few token items here and there. I like buttons, so I have a few of those. But I don't even have a mad t-shirt. I mean, today I have a crack t-shirt uh-huh. because I wrote the crack book. Yeah. Um, and I said, "Well, that's the closest to a mad one i have I have an old mad shirt that I got like when I was a teenager, but it doesn't fit anymore, so I'm not gonna wear that <laughs> you know um, but strangely enough, you know for me, I don't know if it's the same for you. Um, the things they tend to merchandise on mad um I'm not a big fan of. I've never really been enamored with Alfred E. Newman as a character, <laughs> and I've never really cared for Spy versus Spy as much as. The magazine purports it to be as popular, you know, like Mm -hmm. if they merchandise tons of Don Martin stuff, like, you know, and I actually have some of this stuff. There is like a Captain Klutz t-shirt that came out when I was a a teenager. I still have that somewhere. Um, Yeah. If they put out tons of Captain Klutz merchandise back in the day, I would have been Mm -hmm. snapping it all up because that's the type of stuff I like. But Alfred in Spy vs. Spy doesn't really do it for me, nor do much of the more current, you know, kind of ongoing features like if they did well a lot of these are gone now so they're not really that current but they you know of course it's in reprints but um you know if they if they did planet tab beyond the two books that they put out I probably would have said all right I'm done with this you know right. things like that because that stuff totally disinterested me. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that we're on the same wavelength as like, you know, you know the books and the printed publication are really where yeah. it's at.
2: Yeah. Um yeah I, I agree with that. It's always if if any, I mean, of course, it's an obsession. Um, but I'm obsessed with that print part of it, and I really want to try to find wherever the, the printed word and the duplications of the word,
3: mm-hmm. whenever
2: I can find. Them, that's that's been what I've been after. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that's that's pretty much it. The um, as far as my like or dislike of uh, certain mad things, you know, and Alfred and, and the spies and all that. I really, I really started appreciating the, the, the spies more when I got into actually having to, how do I differentiate this spy versus spy from that spy versus spy from one <laughs> article to the next? And I, I figured, well, I need to describe what's going on in as few, as few words as possible, and then carry that through to the duplicate, you know, to the reprints.
0: That's true because they didn't give titles to these things, yeah. Yeah, so
2: so <laughs> it just it made me read it and see it in a whole different light. Just having to go through it, you know, that granularity—it's mm-hmm. <laughs> just crazy. But you no, know, and I, I like uh, Proetus's really heavy line there. I like the art style, yeah. You know, and I, so, I, and just the fact that it's that it is wordless, you know, it's kind of universal that way. Um, sure. so, I, so I appreciate it. Um, as far as Alfred goes, uh, I it's that that is an obsession, I guess. I, not not to collect it, but I sure, you know, it's in my brain. <laughs> you know, since I since I can never remember collecting and seeing it, you know, it just yeah. it, it fascinates me. the People out there who don't recognize the face, and I said, "Really?" And I guess is it a generational thing?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, certainly we've been around longer than the magazine itself, as you know. Different articles and books talk about, but you know, it's um, um, going back to the spies. I will say something is like I do like Perhias's Spy versus Spy better than any later incarnation. I yeah. understand he had to retire and then he passed away, um, and but strangely enough, I tend to like uh, like the fourth and fifth paperback collections, which have longer stories. Than the single page one because they're Uh more involved, and uh, but even and and that's kind of like you know where do you draw the line on that stuff? But apparently you you kind of go where I go. It's like as long as it says "mad" and it's still a book, you know, it'll be in there because some people might draw the line. It's like, well, you know, all those mad paperbacks. Weren't really Mad material. Well, yeah, I've had like I've that. had the
2: the Jaffe Willy Weirdy stuff. You know, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. I said, Wow, you got you're really missing a lot of books there, Doug. I said, mm, No, not really. Yeah, uh, they're not Mad books.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you do have to draw the line because I've seen my, my, like my I Frank even have them on my shelf. There's like a couple Frank Jacobs books I have that take material that actually did appear in Mad at one point, mm. but they're not Mad books. Yeah, you know, and they're not. There's no cartoon in it. It's just you know, Frank took the material and repurposed it for his own use. Right. And, you know, I could contact you and say, hey, you should put this in here. But I kind of know where you draw the line on things. Yeah. You know, the I only just... one I kind of, you know, fudged it a little bit is, you know, when Quentin Tarantino put that book out recently. And I go, well, they're reprinting that little, little mad insert in its yeah. entirety. So it's kind yeah. of quasi-mad <laughs> And I, I think I did
2: tweak my site in response to that. You know, yeah. I put a little line in there based on your, your input there, but I wasn't gonna run out and buy the thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well I did well here's the strange thing is when the 4K edition, if you have it up there you can show it. Yeah. When that edition came out with the seven inch single and everything, for some reason it just eluded me. And then I found out Tom Richmond had extra ones as a little mad that came inside. And he said, no, I gave them all away or sold them or whatever. And it's like, ah, you know? And so, yeah, I didn't have one of these. Yeah. And I found out about it on your site of all places, of course. And it just kind of like, ah, you know, not only is it a little mad, it's a n- little mad with new material. you know. Exactly. Double frustrated me if it was. a exactly. So,
2: and here's the crazy thing. This is a, uh, this is an eight, this is a Blu-ray. I don't have a Blu-ray player.
0: Oh. I, I have, have a Blu-ray player. I don't have a 4K player. So it's like... <laughs> so...
2: Yeah, so, you know, it, it was it's, it was a waste. It was an expensive waste to get that, but there's there's the obsession to be complete,
0: you know, and
2: right. do what I can to have that, that record of it.
0: So. Right. So when that uh, Quentin Tarantino novelization came out in hardback and reprinted that little mad insert, I said, well, you know, I, like other people, missed out on that thing. I better get this book. And yeah. then, strangely enough, as soon as I got that, I found what you just showed, the Quentin Tarantino, the 4K one that flipped out with it in there, relatively inexpensive because it was going over $200, 250 And I think I got mm-hmm. one for 75 bucks, which yeah. is kind of more in the price range of what originally came out, I think. so. Yeah, you know. I think they were
2: in the, it was in the 60s yeah. on sale at Amazon or whatever where, where I got mine.
0: Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll get it now. So I don't mind having both. But I mean, that's the, that's the one reason why I, I mentioned that to you because I'm sure there's other MAD fans who are as obsessive as us and it's like, I missed that thing. How do I yeah. get it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and interestingly, in today's uh, editions of MAD that do reprints, you would think enough times past, let's reprint that in the MAD too. <laughs> so for people who missed out on that special edition, but eh, yeah. whatever. You know? it remains to be seen. Maybe um so currently on mad obviously we're talking about being in reprints so I've interviewed uh, many of the uh, mad guys most recently Dick DiBartolo, and I've interviewed uh, Kit Lively and Tom Richmond and uh, who else I'm forgetting people Peter Bagg, a few others and um, they all have kind of different opinions about where mad is going and because there's no answer in I don't know if you have any keener insight by doing a website, probably not, but, uh, you know, so what do you think, where do you think Mad's going after its 70th year here and being well, a reference for two years?
2: I, I tend to talk to Susie on a limited basis. Usually it's related to, um, you know, seeing a preview of the new issue, if she'll share it or, you know, you know, whatever else. And she doesn't, she doesn't really share an awful lot about what what's coming up, um, but, as far as where it's going um you know i i really would be guessing like everybody else um i have my own hopes you know yeah. that you know i i think it's probably a long shot even though it would be nice to see it on the on this newsstands again at your mm-hmm. at your local grocery store yeah um but have you seen the newsstands at the grocery store lately it's like there's not much of any, any new content with magazines, it's like all these, it's like, it's like what Mad's doing with the, the, the stocking stuffer and everything. Yeah. You know, There's a lot, a lot of bigger, uh, uh, the, the big books or whatever we're calling them these days, yeah. the, uh, that they, they shouldn't be doing new ones of those, but you know, right. how, how can you have a new magazine coming up? that's all reprint material and those, Yeah. You know, also putting a lot of energies into, into those things. But I, yeah. I just, I think that we're probably going to see Mad continue on like this for quite some time. I think because there's a whole audience out there that has never read old Mad issues, and maybe they're just discovering it. Yeah, maybe maybe this is what they ultimately wanted to do was reach a base they never did before, and they they know that the hardcore subscriber base is going to continue buying them for the for the new cover, perhaps. Yeah. You
3: know,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um we're not happy about it, but no. we'll we'll continue buying it. And then maybe if they they may decide if they lose some of that uh, demographic, you know, the older reader, um well, then the newer reader will step in perhaps. Who knows? I, yeah. I don't know what's going on in their head.
0: <laughs> For me, I'm just mad <laughs> um that if you're going to go all reprint or virtually all reprint, because they're not completely reprint, but they're like 98%. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have kept on Tom Richmond and Desmond Devlin to do a new m- movie parody, you know, each no. issue, rather yeah. than having Johnny Sampson do a new fold-in. Um, I mm-hmm. like Johnny Sampson, but, you know, you could reprint a Jaffe one. He's uh, 50 years of reprints. He could just pop one in there each issue mm-hmm. and i'd rather see a new movie parody you know or tv yeah. show parody or something like that but i'm not running the show but if susie's watching that's what i'd rather see <laughs> yeah no um, i think
2: i think that's where they're they or mad really picked up speed and popularity was with their tv and movie parodies yeah um,
0: and i would like them also and i've said this elsewhere too is like it parody like they used to like when i started reading mad which i'm going to ask you too is when you started but when i started reading mad was in 1974 they're parodying things like death wish and mm-hmm. godfather part two things that i would never see when i was seven years old um but i thought about them when i got older and i said oh yeah i read the mad parody now let's see what the original thing was about and now it seems like let's there's a new Marvel uh universe movie out. Let's parody that. And it's like yeah. it's too many trips to that superhero well. Uh, I agree. I granted there's a lot of superhero movies, but I mean there's a lot of non-superhero movies that Mad missed even in its final all new days yeah. that I thought I,
2: I couldn't I couldn't agree more. There there need to be more you know, um, five five easy pages. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and my my first one that I Issue I remember was the Godfather issue. I think a babysitter brought it over, mm-hmm. and um, how's it? How's a seven-year-old kid going to know what a Godfather is? You know, <laughs> I'm turning to the Don Martin. You know, and it'd take years to come back and, and start reading about an adult film. You know, right. but yeah. it was there. You know, it was it was when. You know it's just such a change in the culture, and I think. Oh, uh, Meglin's always always said that it was a a mirror on society or a funhouse mirror. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more than that. I think it's actually what the uh, the the reading base out there wants wants to read. Or I don't I don't know how they would ever do their studies, but it's it's like there just isn't a it it it, it is all these superhero movies and things. It's it's the tie-in to the it, the cultural tie-in you know that it's just yeah it, it isn't what it what it used to be and so they they know they could never sell an issue with really some obscure movie that deserves the the attention
3: mm-hmm.
2: but they they must just say oh no we're not going to go there we're gonna we're gonna do the the flash instead
0: or whatever whatever right. it is Right. It's <laughs> well, just a it sad the, the Batman a, would be the current one. If, yeah, if they were it's, doing new ones, they it's would a have sad, a Batman. Spook. It's
2: a sad commentary.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know,
2: it's a real <laughs> sad commentary on where we are. And unfortunately it's a mirror of where we're where we're at. And maybe the entire existence of Mad right now is a is a mirror of where we're at.
0: Yeah. yeah. Which is very interesting. You know, I've thought about that myself. Um it would be interesting to see if they start incorporating, because they have had, like, you know, you would tell me better because you actually do the indexing. <laughs> um, didn't they have a couple, like, two-pagers here and there in the last year or two that were brand new besides just the fold-in and the cover? Um, um I thought Tom Richmond did, like, a two-pager or something, and it was Batman-related. Yeah, so that know? was yeah. a
2: Batman actually in the, yeah. in the last issue, I believe, before this, this, la- uh, this last one that came out. Um, there was... Um, no, it wasn't the bat. It was in the, ba- the Batman issue. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, it was. A, I think it was just as a um, continuation of that, that now, Batman theme or whatever it was. But then uh, the other, the other one, there was a tribute to to Nick Meglin.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right.
2: Um, so they and I think there was something about Frank Jacobs.
0: When mm-hmm. He
2: passed. So they they usually would, uh, honor those types of things.
0: Yeah. Now. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but in something like that, and maybe I should just ask Tom Richmond directly, uh, do they approach someone like Tom saying, hey, we'd like a new piece in this issue, or do they have to contribute something they think, this might work for Mad, send it in, and Susie says, thumbs up, thumbs down. Or are you not aware Um, of how that works? I'm
2: not aware. It seems like Tom is a natural choice for anything having to do with Batman.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: You know... um... But, um, uh, they might've, they might've approached Sam on, uh, doing the Nick Meglin, uh, tribute for all mm-hmm. for that great uh, artwork that he did for that. Mm-hmm. And then of course they got, they got a lot of people that contribute uh, uh, text, you know, for, for their tributes to Meglin on, uh, uh that was a year and a half ago or so
0: something like that. Yeah.
2: But, um, no, my my. I assume that they reach out more than. Uh, I'm, I'm. I have no way of verifying that, but I think that that maybe Susie
0: reaches out. Okay. Well, I hope she starts reaching out a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it also makes me wonder how when they do a new cover, and I'll, I'll use this as an excuse to show the latest issue to show people that yes, I subscribe. Shame. <laughs> you yeah. know but the new issue has a brand new cover, which is actually quite nice. Uh-huh. And um, it's, who is it? Stickley that does it. Um, yep. Yeah. It's stickley uh, who actually used to draw for correct, <laughs> um, <laughs> but so did a lot of other people. Um, but you know, I, I need to find out, you know, it's like, are these people, I guess they're approached and they just kind of go, Oh, for this cover, let's get Richard Williams or, Oh, for this cover, let's get, you know, so-and-so or, you know, Tom Richmond or whatever, you know, and it's like, um mark Mark fred mark fredrickson or something like that yeah
2: right yeah mark was just such the go-to person for for so long that you know i don't i don't think they really reached out beyond mark during his is a his long phase there
3: Um, yeah
0: they just didn't have to yeah and that's the one thing uh, that makes your site very helpful i could have sworn steckley had done a cover before he has not You know this is his first mad cover it's like wow yeah. you know yeah he ac-
2: actually hadn't done that much for mad in the whole scheme of things in fact i can't remember he did do a little bit toward the end of the new york years or, or
0: i think that? he did yeah yeah and uh and then you know the beginning of the la years hollywood years whatever and then you know mm-hmm. burbank years whatever and then it just stopped um and then he's back on this one and it's like i didn't know who the artist was until i got the issue because it's hard to see his signature you know when you get the little thing here and of course they always put up uh this is a question about it you know they always put up like some sort of sample issue that's not the real cover using some old artwork and stuff like that and then they uh I guess is that frustrating for you and trying to find out what the real thing is as early as possible, or are you just kind of taking it in stride? Okay, issue 25's cover will come out eventually, I, and
2: I, yeah. I take I take it in in, in stride pretty much. I, I get a kick out of people thinking that that's the issue cover that's coming, yeah. you know. And I've had to correct some people over the years and say, no, that's not going to be the one. That's a placeholder.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: And but no, I no, I'm not I'm not frustrated anymore by by anything. With with the, the covers, they I, they do eventually come. I'm not quite as uh, anal as I used to be <laughs> about these things. Yeah, there's okay. just not as much to do. I, yeah, I yeah, I I I, had, <laughs> I haven't invested as much time in, in new stuff, obviously, because there just isn't as, as much to generate. So yeah. it's it, it You know, I, I don't want to get into some of your other questions it might be coming, but we can talk yeah. about how the site. What, what the future for the site is looking yeah. like.
0: Well, just in relation to the covers, and don't you don't have to do this. This is just yeah. kind of a semi-serious suggestion. It's like, you should start a page that has the alternate cover that was the placeholder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I've gotten into discussions, i.e. arguments, with a couple people that have said, well, where do you find that alternate Godzilla cover? And I go, you don't. I mean, you could download the image off of your uh pr- and print it out if you want to but there is no issue with that on there the one that came out is the one that came out you know just right. like this cover yeah the placeholder was the originally the cover of mad 184 which was a, a pet themed cover by bob jones right so that so I have, I have all that stuff in my memory anything from yeah. the 70s i have it all and before yeah. You know, it's like, I can't remember what's in MAD 22, with, you know, from two issues ago. Or sure, sure. <laughs> but, you know, anything mm-hmm. from MAD 1 to 300, it's, I don't need your website. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it'd be interesting, to you know, it, to see, you know, the 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 one they were planning to use as a placeholder and then what they ended up using. You don't have to do it. <laughs> you know, it makes you more obsessive. It's like, now I have to do it, Mark. Says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, let's see. And so we, you mentioned it briefly and we'll go there. Um, so you said the first issue you ever saw was the Godfather one. Is that the one that came out in 72? Mm -hmm. Yellow cover and everything like that.
3: Um,
0: and what was the circumstances again?
2: Uh, I think I, well, I was about seven years old. I'm I'm trying to guess. Um, wasn't a regular reader at that point. I think a babysitter brought it along. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, that, that's basically, that. that's my my famous story of, of being exposed to early MAD.
0: Now, did you just start buying immediately after that, the next issue, or did it take a while? I
2: think it took a while, probably at least a couple of years, you know, oh, okay. 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there, two to four years, I'm okay. guessing.
0: So um, you probably started around the same time I did then, Yeah,
2: I, and I, and I had, a, had a friend of the family who had a, a Don Martin complete, completely Don Martin, one of the early oh, big books. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that, that was probably the big entry point,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and I think that was a big entry point for a lot of young people, young guys anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, Don Martin just sucked you right into mad.
0: Yep. Now uh, for me, it was Don Martin. It wasn't that book because uh, it was the mad super special 14 with the Don Martin posters and uh, it was my sister. Strangely enough, I you know, thinking back, if I strain my brain, um, like the cover, the cover of, um, now I'm forgetting the numbers. I think it's Mad One Sixty Two, um, where Alfred's on the beach, and then the sand, the wave comes and washes mm-hmm. him away, um, and uh, and leaves the sandcastle. Um, I think that seems like I saw that on the stand at the time when I was like six, but it didn't resonate with me. You know, I probably looked at, flipped it and saw black and white, eh, you know, and it, nothing happened, but the super special 14, my sister pointed it out at a grocery store and she goes, look at this crazy art. And I looked at it and you know, then the posters in there were in color and everything. And you know, I went to my mom, can I have this? You know, (laughs) and my mom did, you you know, good for her. And then, and then I, I bring it home. My dad says, I read Mad when I was a kid. And yeah. it's like, I i didn't believe him. You know, I said, yeah, you're making it up. Because my dad would sometimes mess with me as a kid. <laughs> you know, Not too often. Usually he's pretty honest. But I thought he was making it up. Yeah. And, and then he went one step further and said, and it was a comic book. It wasn't a magazine. And it's like, then I really had doubts about it. <laughs> <laughs> what he, oh, he, like, he did he didn't
2: know what he was talking about
0: yeah but i didn't know that yet no. and so then the next special that came out actually had one of those nostalgic mad reprints and, mm-hmm. I, and i go oh my god is this what you're talking about you know yeah that's the way mad used to look it was in color and it had uh, comic strips and it was like oh wow <laughs> mind blown <laughs> yeah and it's like you know i didn't think it, it, it my dad's not like a nerd nerd but he's like a little more you know straight i guess but he he has a great sense of humor you know he's still around with us too but you know it's like i didn't think in the early 70s it's like this is too hip for my dad (laughs) you know, know, he he couldn't have possibly read stuff like this you know and then i read some of those early kurtzman things and i'm like wow that's really out there some of that stuff and it's like this is what my dad read and wow. um, I even told Dick of this one. It's like my dad read it all through the comics, and then it switched to the magazine. He bought the first one, didn't like it, and he never bought one again until huh. I started buying it. He just thought that the magazine lost a lot of its you know, yeah when no, it became bigger and black and white and all bloated with other articles. Yeah, like the put little...
2: a shock to the system. You know, if you had been a, yeah. a a follower of the comic book, that that would have been a big deal. I think it's yeah. a big deal now. Just going to reprints.
0: <laughs> granted, when it turned into a magazine, my dad was uh, get, getting out of high school, so he was 18 mm-hmm. by that point. So it was, a, it was probably about the, the time a normal person, not like us, <laughs> would generally stop reading Mad and yeah. go on to other things. Right. Um, you know, but uh, you know, he just thought 25 cents, black and white. It's not as funny, you know. And and I could see his point. in Issue 24, the original one. He is not the best of those early Kurtzman issues. I tend to like uh twenty-eight, actually, Kurtzman's mm-hmm. final issue. I think that's mm-hmm. like where he kind of found his footing and then yeah. he left.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but my 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 folks um, were never interested in the magazine. They but they didn't keep me from buying it either. You know, and they are very kind that way Look, in, in retrospect because I hear so many horror stories about yeah collections getting thrown out or whatever by their by mothers you know or <laughs> so they were they were good that way to oh he's got an interest you know yeah. that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. you know but they uh they would even in the early days uh they were traveling around like visiting somebody in seattle and they happen to go to a bookstore or something and they ran across an issue they they get it for me you know and bring it back as a, as a surprise or a birthday gift or something and mm-hmm. But they never, I can never remember them looking through and, you know, paging through one issue. It just wasn't something they were interested in or didn't, didn't yet. They were so um, normal.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, like I said, you know, that's what I thought of my parents as a kid, too. Uh-huh. Normal is the word, you know. But uh-huh. um, my dad would look through it, you know, in the 70s, especially if they did a parody, like I mentioned, like Death Wish or something, the more adult movie you'd kind of see what they do about it. And, you know, he, he thought that the, the issues that were coming out in the seventies and eighties when I was at home and he was seeing him and could read him, um, generally were okay. And he liked them actually better than that first Kurtzman magazine issue. But, you know, it's like by that point in the seventies, you know, it's been established. It's all in its groove and you got, you know, the regular usual gang of idiots, the classic ones. And, you know, Feldstein's been there for 20 years. So, you know, (laughs) right. Yeah. So, but, um, and then I, you know, fortunately my parents seemingly like yours, they never cared what I read just as long as I didn't get in trouble as a cause of it. So, I mean, I was reading, you know, so I started mad in 74. I was reading lampoon by 76. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. and other people was like, Oh, you know, the only person that ever gave me grief was my mom's mom, my grandmother. And uh-huh. you know, it's because she took a look at a uh, lampoon one day and she saw a naked breast and she's like, uh-huh. Oh my God, yeah. you can't give this to our child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I went to my mom about it and she goes, don't worry. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never, never,
2: you know, I, I was aware of, uh, lampoon but it I, i'm not sure why i didn't jump into that and start clucking that too it really really seems like i i just got this focus and i cannot say why it, it, it didn't expand into other things but maybe i always knew i was going to be doing a website someday
0: <laughs> so you never even read cracked or sick or crazy much never not did. even once just as a casual reader no interesting wow because it always seems like i i I forgot have you seen my crack books at all i have i am aware of them i've I've not i've not paged through them (laughs) okay well um i interviewed a lot of people for that and Uh a lot of it was crossover because a lot of people worked for mad and and for cracked and vice versa but uh dan Klaus, who later did eight ball and other things um and did movies uh he did some of his early stuff for crack in the 1980s. And, but he gave me the choice comments. I put all the choice comments on the back cover as reviews that basically were negative bashing cracked comments. And he, and his, his comment basically was crack. Nobody liked cracked. You'd read cracked and go, Ugh, and then you say, I'm never going to read this shit again. And then, 6 weeks later after the new issue of Mad had been out and you're waiting for that new issue of Mad you say okay I'll buy cracked again. <laughs> and that's <laughs> how people bought cracked yeah. and I I totally identified with that because at the time in the mid 70s um I didn't start buying cra- it cracked or crazy until 75 or 76 mm-hmm. and I did like crazy a lot but cracked other than Severn's artwork left me kind of cold mm. you know in doing the cracked books there's a lot of people tell me I always preferred cracked over mad. I always thought mad was too sophisticated and cracked was just funny. And I, mean, I yeah. okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
2: I I have a I, believe it or not, have a respect for it, even though I don't know an awful lot about it. Basically, because of people like yourself and who you've you've talked to, or or somebody in some commentary on Facebook will will make make some sort of comment about uh, you know. How it is is worthy of respect <laughs>
3: yeah
0: yeah
2: you know, and so so i i, I know that it, it means something to a lot of people out there
0: yeah now uh, the inevitable question always has been and you know about this because i think you've been in some of the facebook feeds you know it's like mark or and or doug why don't you do a cracked website similar to the mad one <laughs> now i did do a complete index in the backs of the two cracked books i did uh-huh. but it's not a online version and it's not searchable like yours is and everything else like that. And all that. yeah the, the closest you can do is if you buy the ebook version of mine you can search which I do when people say I'm looking for this article I don't know if it appeared mad or cracked or blah blah you know if I don't know it just by knowing it you mm-hmm. know number one, if they say mad and I kind of think it might be a mad thing, I go to your website first. Then if it's not, I check my own crack books on my ebook version because I can mm-hmm. search it by a name. But if it's nope. something really obscure, then I'm like, I don't know. And it's, it could be crazy. It could be sick, crazy. I know pretty well sick. I have all the issues of sick, but I don't know it, you know, because I, I got those a lot later when, when, you know, I was tell people when, you know, how did you get all the crack magazines and everything? Um, it was in the wild west days of eBay when, you know, like in the late 90s when nobody knew what they were doing or what anything was worth. Right. And they just put a stack of magazines and say, old humor magazines, 10 bucks. And right. I go, okay, mine. You know? <laughs> and that's how I feel about my collections because I never found these things in stores. Sure. These older issues. Yeah. So. And which leads me to, believe to, to ask, um, do you have a complete collection of mad still? Mm-hmm. Based yeah. on this. Okay. Now, um, when did you switch from just buying current issues off the stand to where I got to get all the old ones too? Oh, I'm
2: going to say um, <laughs> early 80s okay, probably. Um, and it, it still was maybe late, very, very late 70s, early 80s when it was, when it still was possible to get on a bus and go down to Portland bookstores
3: mm. <laughs> and
2: and find back issues it was amazing that you know the mad was all over the place and they were cheap yeah cheap, cheap you know you get them for a dime or 50 cents sometimes for 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 an issue and uh you know, I, I filled out much of my collection and then once in a while a, a, a comic uh, con type thing would come to Portland a, a convention of some kind and that's where I picked up some of my uh the comics, most of my comics. I think I've got number one for three hundred bucks at, at one time. And yeah, it's not not in the great not in the greatest
0: condition, but yeah. it, it yeah, is. Oh, yeah. okay. I was wondering what that was. I, is, I didn't know if that was a print or if that was the actual no, that's, one. that's, that's the great. actual one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my my other what else yet? Oh, number five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that <laughs> one. Oh, like this. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what's that one? Is that other oh, one 11 on no, This oh, is yeah. just a Wolverton Yes, and that's my favorite of the early Mad uh, comic book covers. I
2: love when they start stop losing the when they started to lose that that border humor and the juggler vein, and they went with you know, more much more experimental things. Or yeah, just, yeah like exactly. Life, life thing. You know, they just, but I always wonder.
0: Hey, I always wonder when they did that if that affected sales granted that has a wolverton cover so that's an instant attraction but if you're like looking for the standard yellow logo and everything like mad was pretty established for 10 issues and suddenly you see 11 looking completely different and then you know the same thing with like 16 and 19 of the original series you know it's like you know did people I, i always wonder if there's exact sales figures and you watch it go, yes, yeah. you
2: know. <laughs> I never, I never, I never thought about that. But you know, if you look back, look back in the '50s, in the in the magazine or comic book buying public. Mm. Um, oh, I'm sorry, my cat wants to see That's me. It's okay. I um, usually have
0: my dogs, but they're not in here. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um,
2: it just was a whole different uh, way of approaching a newsstand. You know, people probably really stood in front and. and and, and oh, there's a is that a mad? Yeah. You know, and then they get excited about it, and
0: yeah.
2: I think sales were really heavy. What after uh, the Superman issue?
0: Yeah, number
2: and, four. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, so so the I I, th- I just think that the the reading public out there just you know, probably like to, us today with our our surfing habits. They surf those 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 <laughs> newsstands
0: right right it
2: probably glommed on to anything, anything yeah. that looked interesting yeah because i've
0: asked my dad about that i said you know was it hard to find mad he goes no i got all the issues and i go really okay all right you know and he said yeah that's, he, he he lived in bakersfield california and um uh he'd buy his comics at a liquor store so you know which is unheard of nowadays you know and uh mm-hmm. i go did they tend to carry everything and he said yeah they pretty much carried everything And then I asked him if he collected other stuff. Well, he did when he was younger, but see, Mad started when he was 14. And, um, I I said, did you collect anything besides Mad, you know, after Mad started? And he said, "Eh, occasional Tales from the Crypt or other EC, but most of the stuff didn't interest him, like Superman anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh... He saw. He said he read or flipped through an issue of Panic, and he didn't like it, so he never bought Panic, either. <laughs> so um, I have a soft spot in my heart for Panic, but I think it's because I love Bill Elder art so much, yeah. too, that yeah. I wish there was, like, a compilation. I know they did those little compilation books of all the... Davis stuff, Wood stuff, yeah. and Elder stuff. I wish they would do a Panic one or revise the Elder one that had the Panic stuff in the back. But I'm sure there's like copyright issues or something. To yeah. Do with Yeah, of course yeah. you could always
2: try to find the uh, the Cochran reprints.
0: Yeah, well, I have those. I have like too many versions. <laughs> well, as you probably do yourself, uh, too many versions of Panic and Mad the the original comic books. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, I even I... have. Yeah, you know, I always tell people it's like I can't go anywhere without Mad because I have all 23 issues on here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, because when they started selling them, I think the 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 enticement was issue one was 99 cents, and then um, they did the others for $1.99. dollar 99, and just slowly over time, I just added a few, and then I eventually got all 23 issues. Yeah. They're all here, you know. Right. <laughs> I could be lost on a desert island, and I could be reading. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um. Yeah. One. one other thing. You know. And you. You'd mentioned this. Um. But you know. This is kind of like going back to, to not and having any insights and you're seeing these so you know they always do these kind of mad specials you know every so often you you mentioned one earlier and this is the latest one they kind of they seem to come out like once or twice a year but unfortunately they're like reissues of older ones yeah and that's yeah. and this is the
2: first first one after the the stocking stuffer that has been duplicated i mean that that one you just held up i think came out in 2014 yeah And um, I think that's the trend now. We're going to see all those repeated.
0: Which is unfortunate because I always think, you know, um, and I mentioned this on other podcasts, is like the one I would like to see, um, especially since they did those smallish versions of uh, the comic books, is to have a collection like this of uh, late 50s, early 60s Wally Wood. They've never done a Wally Wood edition, and you know mm. how hard would that be, Susie? You know, it's like yeah. it's already scanned. You just put it all together, and you can use Doug's site that way. Right. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think
2: uh, I and I I, I had to verify this, but I don't think Susie has anything to do with those those. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's one thing I don't know either. In fact, I got in a discussion with uh, Bill Morrison about this because he was like saying, who the heck is Meredith? And Meredith uh, distributes these things now, but I think they were distributing before they even moved to Burbank. But it was just, you know, because if you, you should know this, you know, it's like some of these came out under the Mad Books imprint. Some mm-hmm. of them came out under, like this one is, you know, Meredith Specials. And there was a and time you, life. Yeah. And so there's like little different imprints. And it's like, I don't know how that whole licensing thing works. And it's really kind of a bizarre thing.
2: Yeah. I think when they first came out, they were, you know, of course, they were for Cara and Kadu publications. Um, you know, they were, they were, they were actually put together by the staff. Yeah. Well, I mean, it even still
0: says it in here. I mean, yeah, granted, exactly. it says edited by John Tragara in here, and yeah. even in the uh, uh, the Mad Magazine staff, you know, listed on here, it'll say twenty twenty two on here, but it yeah, it doesn't say any mention of Susie or uh, anybody else. It's the yeah. it's the old New York staff, you yeah. know, <laughs> which is interesting.
2: So I, so I think that now they're just a property that gets recycled. You know, yeah. Like like so many other things, it's going to be the the John Lennon issue of the month or whatever it is, you know. Yeah,
0: it's kind of sad that there's no like creativity. I guess there is, you know. I'll give some credit. I mean, I guess it's good on on the regular issues. At least they're trying to theme them, you know. And this is a pets uh-huh. issue, you know. Yeah. Some of their themes are kind of, you know. But you know, but like they they're did.
2: All, they're all themes. They're all they're all themes we've seen before,
0: though, in one form or right. for yeah. years is
2: in the form of specials.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what can we do? Well, that's why I was suggesting like the Wally Wood one because he's gained traction over the years. I mean, granted, when people talk about Wally Wood art, the last thing they talk about is his uh, late 50s, early 60s Mad Magazine material. You know, they're always talking about his EC material or his material for Wits End or for DC or for Marvel and Daredevil or anything else but that Mad material. But it just seems like, for me, that would be the total cash-in, since Wally Wood has this kind of reverence. Yeah. And there's enough material, you could do a book. Like, yeah. another book that would be fun to do, but there's, it would be like a five-page book, because it's the best of Frazetta in Mad, you know, or something like yeah. That. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, I, I just wonder, you know, so, so evident that it's all dollars and cents. You know, yeah. what, what kind of return are they going to get out of it? You know, it's yeah. what it's all been reduced to. Yeah. And I think I think um, I might have talked to Frank Jacobs b- before he passed about his book that came out, you know, his hard, hardbound book. Mm-hmm. And it didn't sell as well as uh, any of the artists books, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's a, that's a sad commentary too. Um, he, he He had always told me that, oh yeah, the, it's it's an artist's magazine anyway. It's you know it's you know the writers create the ideas. It really is an arts artist magazine. Yeah. But, uh, no, so I, I think that uh, it may it may just not be the time for a, for a Wally Wood, even though it deserves it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I I just see it because I see other publishers publishing books about Wally Wood, and of course yeah. because it's an extra licensing fee to get mad material into it. They rarely, if ever, reprint any of that material in those compilations. And also because they tend to focus on science fiction or something, they, they would probably license out from Gaines Estate to get weird science material, mm-hmm. for example, versus mad material. Yeah, so. right. yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a thought because I'm always thinking, You know, like you said, you know, they've done that. There's too many trips to the well. They've done the 90s before. They've done Pets before. They've done Batman before. They've done Superman before. You know, it's like, why don't yep. come up a few different themes or cover art? I mean, I would even, like, you know, this is a stretch, and probably only you and I would buy it, uh, you know, like a best of George Woodbridge, you know. It's like he never got his own compilation, yep. and there's some yep. fantastic stuff he did. Mm-hmm. Um even, even, even Bob Clark. Yeah bob clark you know Gosh, and, so, so much stuff and uh i don't even think jack davis got a proper uh book there's there's books about jack davis yeah. that you know not do, so much
2: a mad book you're
0: right yeah that do contain some mad material but it kind of goes through his whole career and record album yeah. covers and everything else so right you know so it'd be interesting um and you know my friend mort todd who used to edit cracked we at least reissued in a book form so it is available the um jack davis material did for cracked strangely enough he did just enough to fit like a normal special about 52 pages (laughs) (laughs) the unfortunate thing is you know if you've ever seen the material jack davis did for cracked artwork is impeccable perfect like ever the writing stinks you know like out of 52 pages probably about three are like as good as quality as a mad article and everything else is like I wonder if you I wonder if he would have agreed with you (laughs) oh I'm sure he would I mean in my crack book I did interview Jack Davis is the one time uh I did talk to him uh on the phone briefly and uh just to get his input about working for cracked and he basically said he hated it but he needed to make a living for that little brief period of time because um what had happened was is, you know, they all left mad, you know, the story, they all went to Trump mm-hmm. and then they did humbug. And then after humbug um, it was still a couple of years away from before Kurtzman did help. And the next thing available was cracked. And so a lot of the humbug people, everybody went over to cracked briefly and mm-hmm. Davis stayed the longest uh, but elder did like managed to do one cover and a couple articles uh jaffe did a couple articles uh even um angelo terres did a couple articles even though it what he wasn't at humbug or anything like that but you know he was probably hurting after ec2 and yeah. so all these guys and davis stayed the longest so he did about four covers and he did like all those articles for about a two-year period and then then things changed for him, he started getting the RCA record album deals and all the other stuff, so, you know, and movie posters and everything else, but, yeah, there's a brief time, so he hated doing it, but he could do it, and it it, it paid the bills until he got back to, you know, everything else, you know. (laughs) Right. Right, you gotta do what you gotta do,
2: it's...
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, it's unfortunate about Crack, that's where it was kind of a dumping ground, is, like, people, but the funny thing is when I did my crack books, both Jaffe and Therese, didn't remember working for Cracked, <laughs> and they both told me i didn't work for Cracked. and oh. then and i emailed them articles they did and then they both said i guess i did <laughs> 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 you know but it was you know i can understand it. if you have like a 50-year career and oh, no. you worked for crack for like two or three issues it's just a little blip on the radar you right. know it's like you're not going to remember it you know and it's like but you know, it's just funny to, to that your mind can trick you that I never worked for them, you know, yeah, and they were totally. strict, they were stern about it. They said, "I really, I, I don't have anything to say. I didn't work for it," yeah. you know, until I sent it to them, and then they go, "Oh yeah."
3: <laughs> <You know>? yeah.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. The the one other funny thing is, you know, John Fakara did like four articles for Cracked before he moved over to Mad. Hmm. and he was one person I wanted to interview, and he would not interview with me, and I think it's because he didn't want people knowing that he worked for Cracked, Uh which is silly, you know, because I wasn't going to disparage him for working for Cracked. I just thought it was kind of amusing. It's like, Mad's longest-serving editor actually started at Cracked, (laughs) you know, but so did a lot of other people, so, you know. Yeah. where are we going here? Um, so I guess, it, you know, I was going to ask your opinions of these other magazines, but you never saw them. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of yeah, interesting. You tra- you tra- tra- there tra- was tra- nothing that grabbed you that you say, Ooh, I like the Severin cover. I think I'll, I'll pick this uh, up. or something like that. I don't,
2: I don't know why I didn't go there or go, go into other, uh, funny mediums out
0: there. I, I just, did you collect anything else? I mean, do you collect other comics or other magazines or anything? No, I really, I
2: really don't. And in fact, uh, wow, you'd <laughs> be
0: surprised. I, I don't
2: have a a massive EC knowledge in general. Yeah, you know, and I, the- I, I have, I have some of the Russ Cochran reprints, and that's about the extent of my ownership of any, any, any of the the co- yeah. e- comics. You know.
0: Yeah, nice I was going to mention that. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I do have an EC knowledge, and of course now they're reprinting, so you can get on the bandwagon here, you can buy them all, <laughs> is they're putting out these, mm-hmm. uh, reprinting these in paperback versions, they're nice and slim, and they're oh. only 20 bucks each, which is no. very economical compared to, and they're in full color too, so it's like, you huh. know, you get, it's the newer it's color, this, this is Dark Horse, and okay. th- this is volume two of Tales from the Crypt, um, so each one would have five volumes, except for, I mean, I think some of the later ones, I think only have four or one, you know, but anyway, you know, um, I just decided to buy them because, um, back in the eighties and nineties, you know, I would buy like 50 bucks worth of comics and now I don't buy anything new except for Mad and Looney Tunes and that's it. So I figured I can afford a book because I think they're putting out one of these every month. So, you know, it's a Barnes and Noble, but, um, then other things, you know, I'm just showing you. I grabbed stuff. I said, oh, here's current stuff. I, um, if you're a real EC nut like I am, but they do talk about Mad on mm. occasion, the mm-hmm. probably final issue of Squatron came out, and you can find this from Fantagraphics also. It's number 14. And I I did – I recommend, if you care, going through Bud Plant because you can get a signed version that has John Vincent, uh-huh. Grant Geisman, and Roger Hill, so you probably know okay. Grant Geisman. <laughs> So, (laughs) and uh, they do have in this particular issue, I mean, it's kind of smallish, but they have the cover rough for the original Mad 22, Hmm. and it's an article about Kurtzman in here, and then uh, there's a real lot of stuff. This is interesting that was in here, just since we're talking about Davis, is that there's an article about a Coca-Cola brochure that Jack Davis drew all these little spot illustrations before he ever worked for MAD. You know, huh. But they have kind of a mad look to them. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's really interesting. So huh. anyway, recommended, you know, just yeah. start showing these things if you're, but I don't know how obsessive you get. I mean, I do get obsessive because of certain artists and stuff like that. <laughs> you you no, know, know. I,
2: I think um, maybe maybe it's, I can't say age because we're probably similar in age, but. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I've lost some of the obsession.
3: You know, I, oh, yeah. I,
2: I haven't gone after a lot of the things. Um, it probably takes all my energy just to keep the, the website going over the years, and that's yeah. that's where my head was at. Yeah,
0: I've lost the obsession only from the standpoint of, like, and it might be this pandemic too. Just comic books in general, you know, and it's like, well, I guess I'm finally growing up, but there's nothing out there. I I will, there's a local comic book store in there in town and I go in there and look around and I'm not a superhero fan. I used to be way back when, but you know, I got out (laughs) of that when they started getting all dark and gritty and, you know, so I kind of look at things and I go, wow, I guess I save a lot of money not buying any of this stuff. (laughs) So, you know, and, but it, it, it's funny, is like how it used to be like a religious experience. I had to go to the comic store every Wednesday, and I had to pick a stack of comics, and I yeah. had everything pulled in the saber and all that stuff. And it's like, I keep thinking, what's wrong with me? I don't do this anymore. And then I realized, it's not necessarily all me, it's the industry changed. Yes. And... It's the times,
2: it's so many, it's so many, so many ways, it's, it's the, the, the times and how how the industry has changed in response to the times, perhaps, you know, Hmm.
0: because I keep telling myself, would I buy this stuff if it was available? And I go, well, I don't know if I would buy, like if, if this wouldn't happen, let's say comic books reverted the way it was way back in like the fifties and sixties where you had TV show tie in comic books and romance comics and, a uh, ton of humor comics besides just Archie, you know, and you have all the Harveys and all the other funny animal comics and everything like that. Would I buy all those? And I go, well, then you have the opposite effect is like uh, so many I'd mm-hmm. have to like pick and choose yeah. what to do. I, I think yeah. now since, you know, like, you know, I'm, you know, showed you things like this, which are really nice to have. I probably wouldn't buy these because I already have it in some form already. Yeah. Um, But the fact that I'm not getting anything else, and these are very smartly produced. Okay, I'll get them. I'm not saying yeah. you have to. I'm just, yeah. You know, it's just that, you yeah. Know, I guess that's where my mind. collecting attitude is. It's like if I'm going to buy anything, I buy something that kind of reflects to what I'm interested yeah. in, rather than explore something new. Right, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, just trying to to own all the
2: the different Mad books over the years. Um, that really became a pursuit. <laughs> and, you know, now, now that's on on break it seems. So yeah.
0: and and that's a funny thing too. You know, it's like um, if they're so intent on reprints right now, uh, why not reprint books that stay out there? You know, instead of you know like these Mad Spooks of '90s, that's a special, so it it has a shelf life. I think it says on here. Let me see. Um, display until May twentieth. So yeah. then it goes away. But I mean, when I was a kid, you go to the bookstore and there's like 30 pocketbooks of Mad at any given time, yeah, yeah. probably at almost any bookstore anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, there's just too many to select from. So you just say, oh, well, I got to get the Don Martin one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, well, this one's kind of funny. Mad Book of Magic by Al Jaffe. Let's get that one, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. and I didn't get the reprint ones as much <clears throat> later on. Uh, because I said, well, I already have them in the magazine. And then later when yeah. they stopped printing them, I went back and got them and I go, wow, some of these are hard to get. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. If, I don't know if you were, you buying all the paperbacks as they came out or was that I, a, like, no, yeah. that was an afterthought an yeah. after the fact thing
2: and, and finding some very cheap, you know, on eBay, but then others like you say there's outrageously hard to get just weren't published. They just didn't, didn't
0: circulate many
2: copies. Yeah.
0: Um, one one thing I found out going through every issue, Matt, also, is not every paperback was advertised in the magazine. Right. And most of them were in the early days, but in the latter days when early 90s, you know, there's a couple they skipped, a couple of the reprint paperbacks yeah. and definitely uh, oversized stuff and the more obscure stuff. They never mm-hmm. bothered to. Which seems odd to me. You know, you'd think. You know, it's like just put a little mention. Yeah, no, I wonder if
2: I wonder if they just were seeing the sales were diminishing to a point that we're just going to get out of pocketbooks, you know, yeah. paperbacks. Yeah. Because what last one was what ninety two or something.
0: Yeah, ninety two or three or something like that. Yeah, or they probably they probably cut the cord ninety two, and I think a few came out in ninety three. Yeah. And um, if you listen, I keep mentioning the Dick De Bartolo one just because that was one of my reasons of talking to him um besides just to talk to him um i wanted to ask someone that worked at mad how the whole paperback thing worked because every book that i've read about mad history really just talks about the magazine itself and on that podcast dick you know answers the questions really well so all that material is going to be in my book because you know you know, I I wanted to know, you know, I'm always kind of curious about all those tie in things just as much as the regular thing. That was a,
2: that was a really good interview. I enjoyed that. Well, thank you.
0: And um, you know, Grant, I didn't ask him too much about say like mad TV or the cartoon show because I knew he wasn't involved there, but you know, I'm always kind of curious about how, you know, some of these projects they kind of get greenlit and they go on for years and then other ones like, you know, the mad cartoon special is made in the '70s. Kind of, I know the reason why it stopped, but it's like things like that, you know, just kind of don't go anywhere. And you know, uh, probably the most obscure thing I found was uh, that to Patty Freeling, the people who did Pink Panther, were considering a Captain Klutz cartoon show, and I've seen storyboard art on it and and uh, proposals and everything. It's like, what happened to this? That would have been interesting. Oh especially mm-hmm. since that's not really a mad thing, but they're calling it a mad thing. You know, so I, I don't know how much the line blurred back in those days on those paperbacks and mad. Because, hmm. you know, like Dick said, it was a separate thing. It was a separate thing, and they just slapped the, the mad name on it. So. Right, right. So, <sighs> um, so um, just kind of curious on your website as far as uh, how – your computer knowledge came about did you go to school to learn how to program and make a website and be a webmaster or did you just kind of figure it out on your own (laughs) just kind of figured it out on my
2: own um i was i was actually in college studying uh in ozeman montana msu (laughs) i have a media and theater arts degree oh okay and um but I also would I also like computers. I kind of wish in retrospect I'd study computers but, <laughs> uh, but no, I was able to just learn some basic HTML language coding, uh, not coding so much, but just the coding is completely different, but um,
0: yeah I know what you mean yeah
2: <laughs> yeah, but putting together web pages it just was more of a self-taught thing hmm.
0: And, uh, you found that you liked it, I guess. <laughs> it's yeah, of, I, I, yeah. I,
2: I did enjoy it and, okay. you know, I, I just enjoyed the internet, uh, and still do, but at the time it was just so, so, so interesting to me yeah. that you could be your own self-publisher in a way. And, um, you know, it's what it has be- become for me is just, uh, you know, I can, I've, uh, if you've looked around my site you'll you'll notice that I don't really share an opinion so much it's it's not mm-hmm. it's it's pretty it's almost wikipedia like in its presentation it's just mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. and you know I'm not saying somebody is bad or good or, or you know I'm not making any comparisons and that's right. really really by design yeah um
0: I just thought it's not really the place. Yeah, which is everybody. one of the reasons that's I like what it. Facebook, I mean, what Facebook is for, <laughs> yeah, but it's one of the reasons I like it because you, you just prevent it, it pre- prevent, present the information, you know, and it's like, uh, it's up to you to say, oh, I, you know, or the reader to say, oh, I don't really care for. Peter Cooper's artwork, or yeah. something like that. You know, it's not up to use. You know, it's like, or, and you and you give e- equal weight to everybody, even if they only yeah. had one appearance back in nineteen fifty yeah. or uh, nineteen fifty-eight or something. You know, yeah. yeah. I think that's been a that's been an argument
2: too. Said, so, well, can you really call that one contributor one of the usual gang of idiots? Yeah. You know, and in my in my mode of thinking, they are everybody. Everybody who. who was actually paid to be in the pages. I call. I consider them an idiot. No, they're they're not a Don Martin or or Dickie Bartolo, but right. um, you know they they still had their time in the mad limelight. You know, so
0: right. And sometimes, like say, writer Chevy Chase and mm-hmm. the artist for that uh, Mission Impossible piece, who only did one other piece, I found out John Cullen Murphy, who's yep. not uh, an artist to be sneezed at. You know, it's like well it did what it did. You know, it's kind of funny that Chevy chase only got one piece in the magazine, but he went on to bigger and better things with lampoon and everything else. So, um, and then John Colin Murphy, I guess the situation is there. It's like, in a certain respect, I guess he was too similar to like Jack Rickard at the time. So they didn't need two artists like that because I thought that was by John Rickard originally when, you know, because I didn't always read credits. And then when I started reading credits more, I said, Oh, that's not that's not him at all. Yeah. You know. yeah. Um, um,
2: but I, I just has been fun, kind of giving. You know, it, it can be very obscure, and and you know there aren't going to be a lot of average, typical readers out there, fans,
3: mm-hmm.
2: really wanting to to get into that granularity of who did what. You know, a, yeah. a one contributor here and there. So
0: yeah.
2: it just is. Um, I I still kind of like. the the process of going through and listing something like that.
0: Yeah. But I am glad you listed everybody because uh, for, especially for my purposes, it was very useful, but also just because, Oh, I didn't know that guy did something in mad, you know, because a lot of people use mad as a stepping stone to something else, or Mm -hmm. they did a one-off at mad and it didn't really work out for whatever reason. And, you know, you go, Oh, you know, (laughs) yeah but they can still say, hey, I was MAD, <laughs> you know, so. Um, now, you don't put your opinions on the page, and you don't have to go on the negative side, so who are your favorite artists or writers uh, at MAD? Oh,
2: um, well, it would probably go back to, the, to my, you know, the childhood growing up, and it, I think you've, you've said it often, and so have a lot of other people Your your favorite time with the magazines when you you grew up reading it
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so i probably would go with a larry siegel and uh and don martin of course um and dicky bartolo um mm-hmm. any any of the of those guys from that era um are our favorites i really do like george woodbridge an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Davis, you know, I just go down the list of all those those 70s folks, and uh, as far as newer people, I, I like Desmond Devlin. Um, you know, he kind of straddled that line to the much newer issues, but um, you know, I, I think Tom has his has his place um, in, the, in the new MAD, newer MAD, um, but they're no, it. it I, I think that um, one thing that happened with it with it modernizing is you didn't quite see the the same stable of artists and writers right continuing a streak. Mm-hmm. So that that may have that may be another reason why I go back to the old days because you just were constantly hit with their work.
0: Yeah, and a I I asked Dick about that. I said, you know, what do you why do you think that is? It's like Mad used to be like. If you were at MAD, that was either like an end-all, that's where you wanted to go, and that's where you – or if you started to do something else, like in his case, he did Match Game, and to tell the truth, mm-hmm. he stuck he stuck with MAD, you know, and he said basically that MAD, you know, had, you know, uh, cachet, you know. But nowadays, it seems like somebody will work at MAD a few years or a few issues, and then they'll go on and work at Nickelodeon or they'll work, yeah. you know, they'll work at DreamWorks or something or start right. publishing children's books. And they say, bye-bye, Matt. And they never come yeah. back. And it's like, yeah.
2: well, it, you know, the fam- family was lost pretty much. It was looked at as a big family. It was Gaines's family. And, you know, it kind of kind of disappeared, especially after he passed. And it um, can be argued that, you know, before he passed, but, you um, it, it just wasn't the, it, it probably just got got more expensive to to live as an artist and writer you can't you can't make bank on mad alone
0: right you know and yeah perhaps you could back in the 60s and 70s so yeah. you know yeah.
2: or you know you're talking about people like stan hart and uh larry siegel being able to go off to california and then they would still contribute things to to mad yeah. occasionally because there was this still this sense of family like I, I you know they, they would still do it yeah it's a very interesting uh, you don't hear much about that happening nowadays
0: yeah so that, that's one thing I'm adding in my book which your your site doesn't touch on but it shouldn't is just where these people go you know yeah. when they leave mad yeah. and why you know and so I tried to in most <clears> cases <throat> To follow the careers of everyone, some people passed away young, and you go, oh, okay. I mean, I found some interesting things following the careers as best I could. Some people, I couldn't find at all. You know, once they did their mad thing, they were done. There's like nothing. Um, but there's a, a couple of weird endings for some people's lives. Some of them went on to do other things, and I try to list that as best as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh everything like that. So you'll see it at the time when it comes out. <laughs> Hopefully in the next year or two. But, yeah, it's... Oh, okay. it's it's a big, cumbersome project, as probably your website was, because yeah. um, to get it to this state, how many years did it take? I mean to get it to like where it's like this? it wasn't overnight oh know.
2: no no it, it, um, I don't know if you've seen on my on my page where I kind of have a you know it's it's my uh, about page
0: yeah i I looked at it actually right before we yeah. talked today down, Just down, to
2: the, the, down at the bottom, I kind of go through a rough evolution of things, yeah. That really is pretty true. I, didn't, I haven't really dated when those things all... Came.
0: Yeah, that's why I was kind of curious. Uh, approximately, did it take like 10 years to do the you know, I think there, basic... was a lot of, yeah.
2: there was a lot of overlap. And it's, you know, I, I would... Like when I was adding the contents, you, mm-hmm. know, it, I roughly, you know, I remember in the earliest days of doing that, I wasn't concerned about mentioning that there were two spy versus spies in an issue. I mm-hmm. didn't, sometimes I didn't put things in order. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't credit who wrote the article. Yeah, you know, I put a title up there, and, that, and then that <laughs> evolved. I said, "Well, that's crappy looking." Yeah. You, know, but, you know, so it's just a lot of learning and, and things that weren't obvious at the time became obvious what to do.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, and the, you know, the, as far as um, the the starting to put the, the name of the artists and writers up. I kind of needed to do that before I could move on to the next thing, which was making the big list. Right. You kind of have to, everything had a step and it took years and years of overlap. And like, oh, I can't do that before until I do this. And,
0: yeah. you know. for, for, fortunately, if you've Matt, for the most part, they credited most of their artists and writers over the years. There's a few issues that are kind of iffy, um, yeah. like, especially during the Kurtzman Feldstein transition although Geisman kind of found out from Feldstein who did what on those last transitionary issues mm-hmm. but it's not actually in the magazine so that yeah. can be frustrating If and I think there are a couple instances where you really don't know who an artist is because it's like they never gave him credit you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true so. and
2: it's much less the writer uh, yeah but uh, there was uh, what was his name Von Bernowitz yeah who, who did the checklist, yeah. um, big source of help on that.
0: Okay. Cause was, I've never seen those. I've heard about, them. I mean, people have shown me, but I've never flipped through yeah. them. I don't have them or um, anything.
2: They're yeah. great. They're, you know, he was brought on to kind of not brought on. Um, I think he offered to do it and Matt said, yeah, go for it. Hmm. And, um, they even and they promoted him with, in the contents pages for the three volumes that he did. Right. So he, he had their their attention to be able to get things right. Yeah. So I, I really, I really used that. I can thank Mike Slava for even making me aware. Do you know who Mike is?
0: Yeah, what? I think he has a website. Uh, well, you can explain, but yeah, yeah it's, I know. It's, of a, a, yeah.
2: It's, it's the Mad List. Yeah, that I'll one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, uh, he made me aware of that, that Von Berger, what's... Lists were even out there. I I just um, probably skimmed over it in the contents over yeah. the years, but I never knew how valuable it could be. And before I could get my own,
0: yeah. Mike was helping. Feed me information when I need mean it. Oh, them. okay. Because yeah, see, I you know I know I've known about them for years, but I've never been able to find them cheaply. Yeah, that's yeah, a, you that's know true. they're usually hundreds of dollars nowadays, and it's like I don't know. You know, maybe I should just take the plunge. I have everything else, and just get them. But you yeah.
2: know well now you can just use my site. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's I've true. But you know, I just transferred it all over. Yeah, you know, it's all, all all very much in yeah. keeping with those books.
0: Yeah. One thing I did like on your side, and I'll tell you, you know, if you could do more, but there may not be much more. Uh, you did scan all the issues of Mad Freaks and Mad Panic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's many other Mad. Uh, I guess there's that Journal of Madness. I don't know if yep. that's a possibility. That's
2: uh, that would be a tough one. I don't think uh, John would give me permission to do that.
0: Oh, okay. So you have to get yeah. permission. And I that. and I okay.
2: know I know yeah. John actually. Um, do you do you? Do you collect that or do you have those issues?
0: I have those issues. I think I'm missing maybe one or two of them. Maybe. I might have them all.
2: Get yourself <laughs> go find go unbury the third issue and you'll see a an article having to do with me and my my legal battles.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Be that was back in, not like, with he, him not with him, right? No, That's no, with no. me. This, okay.
2: this was the original thing we started talking about with uh, them telling me to okay. cool my jets on putting covers up.
3: Okay,
2: it's uh, I I think it was the third one. I hope I hope I'm telling you right, but it's it's like the last article. Um, Yeah, it was.
0: Well, I mean, for 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 my research for my book, I'm not only going through the Mad issues. I am going through every major interview source and book that I know about. I mean, uh, and there's stuff coming out, you know, here's another thing to hold up. This just came out, which I assisted with, but I'm going to uh, start going through this a hit book about John Severin, which mm-hmm. should have been published years ago. Yeah. And it's about his whole career and everything. But I assisted on that with John cook and he sent me this. I was very happy. <laughs> so <laughs> I recommend it, <laughs> but yeah. uh, um, you know, that's what I'm going through now. I've gone through comics, journals, interviews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately that's just the the way it is when you do books like this i can't interview william gaines but a lot of good people have over the years and so i'm going to take some of those good sure. quotes give giving credit but you know i have to because he's not here to interview anymore and mm-hmm. uh but that's why i also try to do my own interviews, so at least i'm doing new material i'm not just cribbing things from everywhere right, else, you know? right. Um, but yeah, anything that's really obscure or stuff like that. I did go through all the mad panics, thanks to your website and, uh, went through the, there's a few interviews on there, not too much on that series, but there's a few. And, um, uh, journal of madness. I don't think I've gone through yet, but I have the issues in a stack over here that I still need to go through. And like I said, I went through comics journal and stuff like that. I
2: I think, I think John wants to eventually republish, some of the pages in his own you know in another form maybe he'll do exclusively yeah. interviews or something yeah you know who knows what but he he it's not to a point where he's willing to just let it go
0: yeah and i could see his point yeah it like and, and it actually it's kind of funny back in the day i never read the mad panic the only time i ever saw it was on your website i knew about it for some reason i never bothered with it yeah. but a lot of it was kind of like lists of things there wasn't much content you know i i noticed so i if it, it if they gave you any sort of pushback which obviously did they didn't no. because you got no, to I put got, them up there um I got permission on that one yeah so <laughs> but if they gave you any pushback they really shouldn't have uh just because there's not much in there that would be useful now you know it's like it, it was useful then you know but now mm-hmm. it's kind of like antiquated information uh mad freaks usa though i subscribed to that at the time and i was so sad to see it go after six issues. Yeah. i was like wow. eh, you know and I got, I got a letter published in that one and one of these. i saw so, that yeah uh, it's 15 years old <laughs> but i didn't know that at the time yeah it's no. like it was only looking through them more recently um That I go, hey, it's Doug Gilford. So there's proof he was a mad fan back then. Um, couple more questions. Um, over the years, have you who whom have you met or at least talked to? You know, or is that uh, (laughs) so many so many people? And
2: it it probably has to do with working with uh, in the earliest phase Mm -hmm. of Alan Bernstein's Mm -hmm. when we went mad documentary which is still in production after over a decade it's like my book yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and i you know to this day I've, i'm still saying he will put a a documentary out i have mm-hmm. all the hope in the world and and faith that he will but he's gone some through some convoluted processes and it will see the light of day but getting to the getting all those interviews yeah met a lot of people i don't know if i could list them all
0: um, okay i'd forgotten you were involved with that no. production as well so yeah because you know i wasn't even thinking about that and you could have brought it up already but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> no
2: I, so, I i tend to you know people people kind of you know put me in that put me in as a co-producer on it on that that movie and it really may, may have started out that way but we really have diverged over the years and we're still very friendly, and I still am his number one cheerleader. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know,
0: when so, who came up. up with the idea of it? I mean, everybody. Oh, it's saw totally that. his. Oh, okay. It's so. totally his. And he approached you. Okay. Okay.
2: Well, I sort of said, "Hey, I'll help you out if you need some help, and I, I yeah. know some guys."
0: Yeah. You know,
2: okay. or I can help you get into the current Mad Staff door. You know, yeah. um, in, in New York, um, but he he laid the groundwork. Way before, oh, okay. and um, uh, he was doing some interviews with uh, California contingents. Um, uh, had Larry Siegel, uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: t- 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 uh, Kogan. Um, I know he his, got
0: Harry. I know he got Harry Norse because I saw a clip from that. And
2: you got Frank Jacobs too, and Frank yeah. Frank Frank i can I can see I, I helped uh, do that, but just because of who I knew um, mm-hmm. down there and but the, those are people living in California. I kind of flew down and helped out with the production a little bit and then that that got more involved when we went to New York and started getting serious on that one so sure. we we set up in more Drucker's living room mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and another cracked guy, uh's his living room, um, uh, my goodness. have a brain fade, a little, little tired today. Um,
3: <laughs> that's okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, he, I think he left and actually, didn't he become a, some sort of an editor
3: at
0: cracked? Um,
2: I thought so maybe, or a big time writer anyway.
0: Well, the, the later cra- editors at cracked, well, Lou Silverstone silverstone. And- Silverstone. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he to was, interview Silverstone. Oh, okay, yeah. He was the crack editor during the 90s, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I knew I knew that he was connected with crack, but uh, yeah.
0: tech of a nice guy. Yeah, I interviewed him for my crack book as well, so. Yeah, and so uh, I got to meet him, and
2: those are the two guys that we actually had to go out to their houses uh, oh. on Long, <laughs> Long Island. Oh, okay. Because they were video, you know, um, hmm. and the the rest of the guys we we set up on the fourth floor Mm -hmm. i think there's a fourth floor of the society of illustrators Mm. and people came to us that for for those interviews
0: yeah Uh,
2: yeah and so many of them have passed now
0: yeah yeah Yeah. well i am hoping but you know i'm still plugging i mean the history of my mad book because i didn't want to do it um i figured you know people like yourself cover a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, there's been other mad books, but Ben Omar, the guy who publishes bare manner media said, I want you to do a mad book. And he's been bugging me for years. And then when mad went reprint, I thought, well, this is like perfect time. I knew that the documentary was being done. And, you know, I, I want to go on record that I don't want to step on anyone's toes one way or the other, you know, it's like, um, I'm just trying to do my own thing and mm-hmm. I'm hoping though you know in, in kind of a weird way i am hoping that you know whichever comes first, you know it's like I'm hoping that uh, both will be valid and have good information you know mm-hmm. that it's like you know yeah. I don't want to be accused that you know oh I waited for the documentary to come out if it came out if it comes mm-hmm. out first, you know, just like it grab those interviews you know. I don't know if those interviews would be helpful for what I'm doing, you know. Oh, I, I think that
2: I think yeah. Allen's is really a a, a much more um, you know it, I won't I won't say I won't say typical, um, but it's going to go <laughs> over the, the entire history, right? Uh, you know, to a certain degree with with the interviews, it's going to be um, the basically I think aimed at people who don't know a lot about the magazine. So it's going to have to kind of go with you know, yeah. it's going to be appreciated by those who do know and yeah. probably aimed more toward those who don't.
0: Yeah. Know and mine's like going that. the opposite way because I'm assuming that everybody's like you, you have everything. So why are you doing a mad history? book? Well, yeah. it's like, I'm going to try to knock your socks off with my book with information that you don't
3: have. Yeah. There <laughs> you, know, you go.
0: You know. Um, and so far I've succeeded with that with every book I've ever done, but I haven't, I generally try to tackle something that hasn't been done before. So it's more, more,
2: more niche.
0: Yeah. So when I do my mad book, the one thing is I'm going to cover all the same, uh, same ground from 1950 to 1995, roughly, that's been in the other books, but I'm going to try to not... I'm going to try to take a new slant on it, I guess, if I can say it that way, instead of just repeating the same old tired stories. Mm-hmm. Or or if there's conflicts in the story, I always like to present that because uh, sometimes you read, you know, Al Feldstein said this, and then you find out Gaines said this, what's mm-hmm. correct, you know, or Kurtzman said this, what's correct. I'm going to present all those views instead of just putting my view out there and saying, this is what happened. I wasn't there, so I'm going to just say what these guys said. Right. You know, fortunately, I always love the William Gaines interview. Uh, Like this is a comics journal one. You may have seen it. I'm sure it's like uh, where he had seen the Kurtzman interview that was in comics journal a few issues before and he corrects everything that Kurtzman <laughs> says. He says, well, he didn't have jaundice when this happened because he was oh. doing, you know, it's like, you know, he had it when issue five came out. That's why we did issue five. And we did that uh, publisher of the month that page that got us in trouble. He didn't have jaundice before issue one, because that wouldn't have made sense, you know, and so right, like, right, right. You know but I'm still going to put Kurtzman's quote saying I had it at page one, but then, you know, cover it with gains is you know that's the way yeah. i tend to write that'll, that'll be that'll
2: be entertaining reading it though yeah
0: so um so there's like conversational about it you know see how yeah. people's rashomon memories are about things yeah, yeah. which happens oh, you know. uh, um traditional
2: traditional was the word i was looking for for mm-hmm. uh, for for the for alan's you know not not typical traditional
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, ho- I I just hope it's entertaining, you know, and uh, like, uh, I know you said you're not a big EC fan necessarily, but uh, there's like this great EC documentary that had all the usual suspects uh, yeah. um, being interviewed that was made back in the 90s when everybody was still around, Feldstein and Davis and Gaines and everybody was interviewed and in it. it was actually well done. I would like it to at least be of that level where yeah. it's like, you know it's a little bit talking head-ish, but, you know, it's like they show good graphics and they kind of just tell the story right. of how the horror comics came to be and what caused their demise, you know, that type right. of thing. You know, so. right. And what went on, you know, and why Mad came out as the winner, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know by, by luck kind of basically. Yeah. Um, over the years, uh, did you ever try to contribute anything to Mad? No, I mean, it, it, <laughs> that's it. interesting too. No, because <laughs> I used to, but I, you know. You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw that
2: you had uh, uh, done. Oh, what is it for? For, uh, for Freaky, I forget which isu- which yeah. issue it was. Though wasn't it wasn't it the last issue?
0: Um, one of the issues. Yeah, I did. I, I I'm good friends with Andrew Goldfarb. I've yeah. known him since I was a kid. He got three or four pieces in mad which you have on your site and i think he got a couple pieces in australian mad which i can show briefly since i had that too you know uh for those who don't know you know mad still is published in australia these this is the latest mad there this is mad classic so they still publish it there but that's it uh but apparently is it all new material no, it's, it's mainly reprints, but then they oh. sometimes slip in a new one because Goldfarb said he got a couple newer pieces in there. And like, really? Hmm. Oh. And, but if, if you re-listen, go in my podcast because I'm, I'm trying, starting to transcribe. Um, Kit Lively said way back when that he and, um, uh, Scott Nickel used to contribute new material regularly to Australian and German Mad that never appeared in the United States. And they're like, <laughs> go figure there's your next there's your next project to put all the material that should have been in American man you know anyway so uh <laughs> yeah no I, no I've yeah. never contributed that way I
2: figure yeah. I've contributed yeah. a lot of data though
0: yeah <laughs> and, the,
2: and and in the uh yeah so in the di- I, indirect route you know I've had know. a lot a lot of uh, direct contact with especially the new york staff mm-hmm. and susie now about about how helpful it was. Yeah. You no, know, so there's that. Uh,
0: I noticed she said recently, and this is a little Facebook string too, He's like, you know, there's only two of us now. Uh, Susie and I forgot the name of the other person. I have to look them up. Uh, so there's no time to update the website. And you volunteered. You said, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I don't know if anything came of it, but no. I, I think it would be neat, you know, and you could kind yeah. of tie it all together. But, you know. So. <laughs> um, they really are shorthanded.
2: If uh, if somebody has to on the current
0: staff also do the, the website, mm-hmm. <laughs> they
2: yeah. hired that third body to do that.
0: Exactly, because you know, it's like that. It, it's frustrating, you know, the, when they're in reprint and then like the latest issue is like number eighteen or something listed yeah. there. You know, it's like, come on, how hard is it to put the latest issue? Even yeah. I, and I update my website quicker than that.
2: <laughs> in, this, in this day and age, you need yeah. to have an updated website.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think you and I do them a better service. I mean, every time a new issue comes out, I always post a new issue in the mail today. Oh. And then, you know, you get the inevitable responses. But here's the inevitable responses you get. And you know this. It's like, oh, is it still being published? Oh, uh, I love that fa- one. Uh, the other one is $5.99. That's not cheap. Yeah. And it's like, so, yeah, it's yeah, only, it <laughs>
2: yeah, it is. $5.99 is the longest price point yeah. that there ever was.
0: Yeah. And also it's cheaper than, uh, virtually other, any other magazine on stands. Most magazines are about 10 bucks these days. So is that right? I did not know that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you, if you don't look at newsstands, um, but you used to see in the old days, Warren magazines, even Uh if you didn't read them like creepy and eerie and bam those type of things, famous monsters. Anyway, there's this guy now named Rich Sala who publishes kind of knockoffs on them. There's new material Uh, one's, one was called the creeps, but he had to change the name because it sounded too much like creepy. So now it's called Shudder, and he does this other one called Vampirus Carmilla, which is like Vampirella, but we're not telling anyway, those are on the stands and they are five 95. So they're four cents cheaper than mad, but it's the only thing I can see on the newsstand that's cheaper than mad it's published on a regular basis and you know for people who say that's not cheap you know it's like well then you haven't bought a magazine and then people always say you know you know uh i I always love it when people also write well i can't buy it because it's all reprints you know when did you last uh, you know and then when did you last buy it oh the last time i bought was it was 40 cents well okay that was 50 years ago so you have 50 years ago of uh, reprinted material yeah. that you have not seen. So. Yeah. yeah, people
2: don't really think it through. You know, I, I sometimes wonder the people on the, fa- on the, on the Facebook groups especially, yeah. why are they even there? You know, and <laughs> most of the time they're, you know, not most, but there are a lot of people who just sneak in and start bashing it. Right. You know, and I, that sort of sticks to my craw.
0: Yeah. Now <laughs> but, I can understand, like, if it's somebody like you or I who's been collecting it for years, and you're just kind of disgusted that it's all in reprints, and you have it all, and you've read it all, I get it. I mean, I, yeah. I've been tempted at times to stop reading it, but I think, well, maybe someday it'll come back, and it's not that big of an expense to get these new issues, right. because it only comes out six times a year, and you can get a killer subscription deal, yeah. so it's like, eh, you know, it's it's kind of like dropping money in the street, and occasionally you can have a, a laugh at the cover or something. <laughs>
2: but You know, the, 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 other, the other thing is maybe they will will actually change, yeah. you know, change, change one way, change back. I think it will.
0: That's my prediction. You know, so uh, I don't know if it'll be full
2: a, new material.
0: Yeah. It's, it's I don't think it will be full new material, but I think that they'll start incorporating more new material than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as far as newsstands go, well, you know, they tend to kind of act like it's more of a comic book versus a magazine now. So it's kind of in the comic book ghetto, yeah. you know, yeah. comic store ghetto. But they're always,
2: they're always going to be more of a subscription yeah. piece now, I think, right?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you remember this, is that there was this big push in the latter Takara days. They are trying to push for more subscriptions. And there's like a questionnaire that was sent out or something. I think it was in, if I remember, if memory serves, there was a page in random issues of MAD. There's like two versions published that issue. And you talk about it on the the website uh, that some had the questionnaire and some didn't. And if you had the one with questionnaire, you get some sort of a little free gift. Well, unknowingly, I got the one with questionnaire. But I remember all the questions were like, um, you know, do you subscribe to MAD? And I put no. What would it take to get you to subscribe to Mad? Not much, you know, because I like buying it off the stands. I really mm-hmm. did. You know, I, I did care. too. I didn't I, care if it's $5.99 $5. a month. It was just fun to like go in the store and like, there it is, you know, and you flip through it and get a good copy
2: I, and you leave. I yeah. didn't sub- I didn't subscribe until very, very late in the game because yeah. I wanted to make sure I got the most pristine copy. That possible. was me too.
0: <laughs> that was yeah. me too. That was it. Yeah, I, because there's like been a scanning. A couple times they've been crunched up a little bit in the mailbox. Yeah. Going, you know, it's like, you know.
2: Yeah, I was thinking they could do a whole piece about, you know, just a funny little video about the typical mad uh, obsessive you know, making sure there wasn't any moisture on the on the belt where you where they scan it over the, the sensor, you know. Oh yeah. You know, all that well, kind I, of, that's how crazy you can get.
0: <laughs> that would be a whole article yeah I, I remember I was obsessive to make sure because checkers in the old days didn't care uh, that they would scan it and just throw it in the bag with the milk yeah. and all the other wet goods so you have a soggy yes. magazine when you pull it out of the bag You know, and I used to tell my mom if she was with me when we bought it when they scan it have them hand it to me you know, yeah. and then I'd pack it with cereal or something that was yeah. dry. You know, right, or, or you're just hold on to it. You know, <laughs> just just
2: a few years ago, I would be going grocery shopping with my wife, and said, "I'll be right back. I'm gonna go get the magazine 1st you know, you know, I'd, I'd go out and do that, and then go back and help her with the shopping. Right, right. You know, that's get eh. create creative ways to preserve your magazine. We're obsessed,
0: uh-huh. and then. When I'm sure you went through this phase too. I'm pro, I'm I'm sure you used to fold in your fold ins, and then somewhere you say, "What am I doing?" and you stop doing it, right? Oh yeah, and you, yeah. And then, now that, then you figure out a way to
2: just kind of not fold it, but you can kind of read down through it to figure yeah.
0: it out. The the way I do it is I just put a piece of paper on this half, uh-huh. and then I move it over and on this half, and I go, "Okay, that's what it's supposed to try yeah. to say," and figure out the letters. Or sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'll
2: sometimes I'll scan the back page and then do it like,
0: like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the easy way now, you know, but yeah. back in the day when I, you know, decided not to fold them anymore, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was so bad. I had to rebuy the first year of Mads because that I originally bought because I used to mm. clip them out because it said a Mad mini poster. Oh, and yeah. so I'd clip them out and put them on the wall. Oh, boy. Silly me. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a year of coverless Mads and then I went back and rebought them. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah but, but fortunately that they, they weren't rarer than hen's teeth back then imagine if i did that with the comic book ones or something like oh, that boy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway well um any other future plans for the site other than what you might have discussed or any other plans anyway or outside the well, website <laughs> as far as the site goes um you know i'm
2: always looking for what what i can do to continue the my own personal interest in keeping it going.
3: <laughs>
2: not not that I'm going to end it anytime soon because there are a lot of people out there who are are very invested in it mm-hmm. and I will occasionally, you know, ask for help for on the, you know, for uh, oh and not because I couldn't afford to to you know pay the hosting fees with my service provider <laughs> because I have for years and years, but it's the, kind of the principle of the thing I, you know if people want to support it, I'll let them, and so i'll put the, I'll put the word out like every three years, yeah. and uh, they have shown over and over and over again that, yes, please keep it going but yeah. theres there still have been points there where i you know i I've
0: gotten a little tired of it.
2: You no, know, I guess yeah. it, it, so. Well, didn't
0: you take it down once, and then there was a little bit of an outcry? I, I think, thought you did. Uh,
2: I think I think it can be counted, and one fellow can back me up on this who seems to record these types of things. Um, I think I've actually had it down four times. For, oh, wow! For for less than a week. Uh
3: huh.
2: And um, and it was <clears throat> I can't really tell you where my head was at at that point, but it it probably was related to being a little burned out on it yeah and um and then the emails and and you know the hoopla that, that it stirs to get that thing back up there is just okay you're this is beyond me now and it really would be stupid to take this down and you know i've gone completely <laughs> the other direction i think now and it as long as uh, there isn't a World War Three; it'll be around, I guess.
0: Right. I guess you have to figure out how to do a legacy thing if you know something happens. Then I know yeah. you were talking about selling your Mad collection after the fact. I don't know if you get any takers at this point, but you know. Well, I kind of went
2: about I went about that whole thing uh, completely the wrong way. I think. And oh, okay. I, I still am uh, thinking about doing that. Yeah. Someday. I'm not really. I. I think what I've, what I've kind of come down to is maybe it belongs to the library. Yeah.
0: There's certain know. universities that will take them and archive them and use yeah. them for reference. Like that. like that.
2: So I'm um, thinking about that. It's not, not about, I, I, I just really don't like the idea of trying to sell it. Right. You
0: know, yeah. I'm kind of the same way about my collection. I mean, I could, but you know, then what, you know, yeah. um, but i you know it's not for me to figure out right now um but the other thing is you know uh uh i i just thought you took it down once but uh you know yeah. um but i and i remember when that happened i thought you were just kind of testing the waters to see if anybody actually really read this thing
2: <laughs> well it it, ended up, it wasn't my it wasn't my my goal to do that but it, but i yeah. did find out that people were were looking yeah. at it and really cared about it but yeah. you know as far as um what to – what to do to continue my own interest in it.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I've been doing some little things with, uh, this has been totally nuts and I kind of, I don't regret it, but the, the marginals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about that.
2: (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking that that's, that's been a, a real time sucker. Um, You know, and I, I just can't do it all the time. So it's, it's probably going to be a five year long project from start to finish. Yeah. Um, but other things too, um, I very recently, like this last week, somebody mentioned, um, boy, it sure would be great to have a a site that showed all the, uh, the bonus material and the specials.
0: Mm. And I thought, oh,
2: well, I could probably do that.
0: Yeah. You know, especially since they never reprint that stuff exactly <laughs> yeah you know, the last time exactly. you know, may have been the ridiculously expensive mad but it's somebody yeah. were made after that too right. so, yeah. so
2: i think i'm going to explore that and maybe incorporate yeah. those into the website on those special pages yeah um and i you know one nice thing there's no timeline for for a hobby you know, Yeah. So you, you can just keep on keep on keeping on but, right um one one thing I I will I, I was meaning to bring it up just to get your take on it. Um, you're, you're familiar with the different websites out there that that may, many of them are probably offshore, mm-hmm. you know, out, outside of America that are reprinting entire magazines. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've I brought this up to Susie and I brought it up to my my friend the lawyer on the staff.
3: Of DC, <laughs> <turned a>
2: lawyer. <laughs> yeah, illegal, yeah. the lawyer, yeah, in legal, yeah, the the legal guy, yeah, and I said, "Aren't you, you know?" Because I'm I'm protective of man. I've reached reached a point where I where I don't yeah. want it to be harmed.
1: Yeah. I don't
2: want it to. I I want I as odd as it sounds, and I and I'm a I'm a big copyright violator when it comes to just doing the covers and back covers and mm. all this stuff. I never have really gotten into it. it to, to any great degree the interiors
0: right you
2: know, on my side anyway yeah and um so the the thought that these guys are out there doing this really really does kind of bother me and then mm-hmm. I, I recently saw that the internet archive is is now doing the same thing in one form or another right, right. you're familiar with that that
0: yeah mm-hmm. and i think that, and you like, do see a lot of things that are questionably Public domain, (laughs) you know they're like they're in copyright. Let me
2: let me. um, me, I don't know if you'll. uh, Okay, you've you've disabled the sharing. Okay, that's okay. Okay. Um, But there there's an internet um, archive where the the guys put up a hundred issues, the first hundred. Yeah. And when I when I speak to Susie about it, she says, "Well, I'll talk to them." And no, I think their hands are tied. I think I think DC staff is so limited with what they can do they're probably fighting other battles
0: right yeah
2: and uh, so what it's coming coming around to is i i would like to be the guy yeah. who's allowed to do that kind of thing yeah without, without getting into legal trouble i mean they know how to contact me yeah and that's probably probably why i never could do that yeah but i should be that guy
0: And to take it one step further, if you could actually get where it would actually be a paying gig, I mean, you've seen the various MAD archives that have come out over the years. We mentioned the Russ Cochran ones, then DC did their own versions of them. So they've reprinted MAD 1 to 24 uh, ad nauseum. (laughs) But there's been many people say, why can't they do Volume 5, Issue 25 to 28, and finish the Mm -hmm. Kurtzman run? Well, I say go even one step further. Why not reprint in hardcover book going up to say issue 100 or something like that. Yep. At the very least, you know. Yep. Um just to have a nice archival edition, you know, you know, I that's the the odd thing about it being in reprint. They're not taking full advantage of the reprint capabilities that they have at their disposal. <laughs> it's yeah. really weird. Yeah. You know.
2: <laughs> but but I wonder that, you know, if if, if it really is um a group of people sitting around the boardroom table at DC saying, mm, "No, we can't do that. Or that's a great idea, but yeah, it just is going to cost too much. The return on investment, blah 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 yeah. blah blah. Um, you know, it, it's a it's something to wish for, but." I just don't yeah. think
0: that they're it just guys... It just seems like the cost wouldn't be that significant since mm-hmm. it's reprint material. And yeah. I don't know if they pay royalties on that stuff anymore. You know, if they do, you know, it's got to be pennies anyway. So right. it's like, you know, but I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's always a, one a commonly asked request is why can't they reprint 25 to 28 yeah. in a book? And then they'll say, why can't Dark Horse do it? Or why can't Russ Cochran, well, when he was alive, do it? And it's like, because MAD is a separate entity from William N. Gaines' agent. And, you know, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, it's like everybody thinks it's all under one happy roof. And it's not, right. you know. So, right. And but current I, MAD is different than MAD 1-23. to you know? Yes, so, exactly.
2: Yes. And, um
0: no, but I, I
2: think that given the opportunity that that would be an interesting thing to, to do would be to reprint stuff. I, I wonder, you know, if, if, if my reprinting of the, of the front covers and the back covers didn't have a, a bearing on sales mm-hmm. or lack of sales, right? maybe it did. Maybe I actually killed Matt.
0: No. I, don't no. so. I don't think if so. If anything, I think you encouraged it because you always no. had the little Amazon thing. If you like this issue, buy it here. You know, yeah, it's like exactly. So, you know. what would
2: what would actually printing the contents do? Would, it, would that would that kill the magazine? Since
0: well, it's all if reprinted. anything, and I see it up on your shelf, I think you have the Totally Mad or something. The box, the DVD yeah. ROM up there. Yeah. yeah. If anything, it would have killed the sales for that. But that's so antiquated now it's like you know at least 100 issues old so it's like uh yeah, yeah uh, see it, it stopped in uh,
2: 97
0: yeah and then they did a dvd rom version that i think goes to 2002 oh, right. or something so yeah. you Which get the last yeah
2: really crappy quality though yeah oh man yeah at least the, at least the uh, cd-roms that have a pretty passable quality
0: yeah but uh, those eventually will probably stop working I know some of the functions on the other ones don't work now that used to on my old computer. And I'm like, Err, you know, yeah. most, most of it's the audio files and things like that. Yeah,
2: and if you go, if you go to any of these, these off offshore sites that are reprinting the, you know, the ads, they're using the totally.
0: Oh, they've got to. CDs. Yeah. I mean, it's easy just to take, take it off of there, you know, so, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I know that's what they gotta be doing, you know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so I don't I don't know if
2: I haven't really been promoting it too much, but if you go to, to my my site and look up uh the, the finger cover, one uh, mm-hmm. 166, yeah, you'll see a a a what a magazine reprint looks like because I've done it with one issue.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, utilize, just basically using what those guys put out there. Yeah. Uh, from the from the totally mass CD-ROM, so yeah, in that in that same quality, I haven't really changed anything. I'm just using what what they put out there, and put these big disclaimers up saying, "Hey, this is this is not something that I produced. I got this off of their site. You, know, you should do something about it, DC."
0: Yeah. Now this would take a massive undertaking, and nobody's going to do this, but. I feel that the entire run of match should be com- completely rescanned because I think the quality is not the highest. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when going through the original issues when I did, you know, just, like, looking through them, it's like I can pour over their artwork the same way. It's like it's so crystal clear, but on the ones on the DVD-ROM and the CD-ROM yeah. and anything I've seen, you blow it up enough, it starts pixelating and fuzzing out, and it's right. like... You know, they, I don't know what they, they scanned it mine, maybe a thousand DPI, which was probably a state of the art when they did it, but uh-huh. now, you know, they should do it like at 2,500 or more or 5,000 yeah. or more or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, think,
2: I think you have to kind of, um, know what the end, end result is going to be there or the end, the end product, is it going to be for web use,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
2: for, for basic mm-hmm. appreciation that way. Um, yeah. You know, because it's passable even today, um, mm-hmm. if you're just if you're just getting a regular uh
0: Yeah, for me, it's just look pouring over the artwork. Sure. Yeah, right. and but then I say oh, I don't have to worry about it. I can look at the original issues, which yeah, I do exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. But you know, when I get these new new issues that have the reprints, you know, especially like when you're looking at like Drucker art, which has a very thin line. A lot of times, it's a little bit fuzzy because yeah, you know, it's only so good, and you're know, like, yeah. you know, it could be so much better if they rescanned it. But, you know. <laughs> so, so,
2: so, given the opportunity, that's what I would do with the with the, my remaining years with Mad Cover Side yep. is really, yep. really do make it more of a more than the Mad Cover site.
0: Right. And then, you know, here's one suggestion. I'm not saying you're passing anytime soon. I believe you're younger than me. I'm 55, so it's like... um, Um, I'll be 57. Oh, so you're a little older. Okay, but we're roughly the same. Um, There was this guy named Don Markstein who did the the Tunopedia, Mm -hmm. and somewhere along the line he passed away. Mm-hmm. and Tunopedia continued on, and then it disappeared for a while, and then somebody else brought it back, But it, and then it, I think currently it's gone again, and it's still a valuable resource, even though it hasn't been updated in about 10, 15 years wherever, right. since he passed. So that would be an example of, you know, what to do with a legacy, you know, besides just your collection is what to do with a site so that it continues on. Even if it's not updated anymore after your passing, you' passing know? well I'll, t- I'll
2: tell you I'll tell you what I've done in in that regard I have five friends yeah who I have given my my passwords to my my server
0: mm-hmm.
2: and given them directions oh, to cool. take it over very good <laughs> uh, that's my legacy it's okay. um between the five of them you know <laughs> somebody's somebody's gonna have the power to to at least pay the bills <laughs>
3: Okay. You know, and they
2: can raise money with, through GoFundMe so. or whatever and pretty easily and pay for it. Um, and so I don't, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon.
0: Very good. Um, okay. So, so even if MAD does, the, <laughs> the, the site's site not going to go away. Doug Guilford's site yeah. will not go. <laughs> you
2: know, if, if, even, if I get, even if I'm alive but I'm mentally incapacitated, it should still go on without me. It
0: keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess we we're usually at this point in the podcast, I usually say, you know, it's like, well, is there anything to promote? But we've been promoting the website the whole time. But yeah. uh, do you do any personal appearances or anything like that? Or do you just kind of do this behind the scenes?
2: Um, it's pretty much behind the scenes. Um, you, you know, I am going to be attending. I don't know if you heard about this. They're um, Angelo Torres is maybe 90 or just turning 90. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a retrospective uh, gallery exhibition at the Society of Illustrators. Mm. That has not been promoted on their website yet, but I, I'm i saying so now. Um, and it's going to be in New York, uh, Society of Illustrators. Um, I'll just say mid-June at mm-hmm. this point. And I will be in attendance to that. I've already bought my plane ticket and got the hotel, and
0: my wife and I are going. Very good. So okay. Where's my appearance? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going, at it because I think I might, well, it might be in May. There is going to be a comic convention that I've been invited to in Salem, because we're both Oregonians, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, in the month of uh, May, Some May 21st, I believe. It's a one-day thing. You know. and uh, i've been by there as a special guest because of all my various books not just my cracked ones or mad ones or anything else and it's everything else i do um so i'm honored um but i don't know if i make any trips back east i should you know that sounds good if it was yeah. like a year from now it'd probably be easier for me because <laughs> yeah uh, i still wasn't planning to travel much this year even though the pandemic's kind of lightening up finally yeah but
2: <laughs> well I'm, uh. I'm going i'm going back for angelo but i I've also got friends there and, the, and their staff and, you know, I, I go over and over to, to the Gizwiz's place and you know, Dick's place. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I
0: knew what you meant. <laughs>
2: and, you, know, you know, I just see a bunch of people that I know back there and shoot the shit for a few hours.
0: So. Okay. That's cool. I'll tell them hi when you go there. He'll say who? Yeah. <laughs> like I've oh, interviewed you on the podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So um, I guess if there's nothing else going on, uh, that kind of wraps everything up. If you have any lasting thoughts to say about Mad, you know, hope we hope it continues. But <laughs> yeah, oh,
2: that's that's the the biggest thing. I hope it uh, can re- return to um, at least doing new material. I you know, it's going to take a, take a generation. Um, You know, this current generation just doesn't seem to to do an awful lot of reading anyway. And so I, I, I wish that mad would, you know, DC would, would realize that going, going after that generation doesn't need to be uh, (laughs) their main focus. I mean, go, go for what, go for who knows it, you know, and, and appeal to that that'd be what my, my biggest advice is change your, change who you're, you're focusing in on. Okay.
0: And then if somebody wants to get in contact with you, obviously the website, but any other way, uh, if they have questions or want to contribute something.
2: Well, there is a, there's a, uh, Facebook variation of my very site. It's if you go to Facebook and, and, and search out mad cover com. there's, you know, I, I throw stuff up there and on, you know, pass that along to other MAD groups. Mm-hmm. I've got a Twitter feed, um, also MAD cover site. Uh, it might be might be under Doug Guilford, I forget now. Um, <laughs> but I put some of the same stuff there, so that there are ways to get a hold of me that way, too.
0: Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Doug Guilford, for being on the Fun Ideas podcast today. It was a blast. And if something new and fresh comes out from MAD, we'll probably uh, have you back on to talk about it. Great. Nice, right. nice talking to you, Mark. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Doug Guilford, for being my special guest. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode 160 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas Podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew, the Slow Poisoner, Goldfarb, and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night.